Welcome to Queer Riot. I am your host, Bobby V, and I have a very, very special guest tonight. She is a very close best friend of mine, a femdom, an amazing person. She's like my trans godmother sent from heaven. Um, this is Miss Kitty. I'll let her introduce herself as she sees fit, but I'll just say good things about her. So here she is. Oh my God, that was such a great introduction. I, I don't think there's any more to say about me. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you. You know how much I love you. So, um, I'm just so excited to have you as my first guest. I can't think of anyone else I would want more to be my first guest on my on my new podcast. Um, I know we talked briefly about the topics to begin tonight. So you want to start off hot and heavy or light and slow? Oh, let's go hot and heavy. You know me. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 go with J.K. Rowling, who said that only women menstruate. All right. Let's touch on that. Well, J.K. Um, was defending a woman named uh, Maya uh, Foster, and she was part of a think tank that is. Um, basically working on an international level and it's called the Global Development um, which is a CGD and their entire purpose uh, is to um, try to stop poverty and inequality in the world and um, they're based out of Washington and London so anyways she made the insertion that trans women could not change their sex and that, you know, genetic women are the only women that are out there. Trans women do not qualify as women. Um, the CD, CGD decided to fire her because that went against their stance on trans women. Uh-huh. And they obviously felt that, you know, trans women deserve protection from inequality, whereas this person was saying they don't qualify. So what happened was, is they got fired. They brought a lawsuit. The judge turned around and said that, you know, they were had good grounds to fire her. Um, Rawlings turned around and tried to defend her. And um, it was just ridiculous. So that's what got her into hot water was um, with the trans people was that basically she was defending this person that said that trans people aren't women. Well, but she's had other issues with homophobia and transphobia in the in the past as well, I believe. I don't know so much as public statements, but more that her books are very white and cis-hetero-focused. Which yes. I don't necessarily blame on her, but I blame on the world as a system being cis-hetero-white-focused. Would you mm-hmm. agree with that? Or do you think that maybe J.K. Rowling is... I mean, I would consider her a turf, but... You know, well, and I, I, I think don't, I don't want to put words I think you're in right. mouths, but yeah. and then my other biggest thing was when she said that was that saying that only only women menstruate is not only uninclusive of trans women, but also not inclusive of cisgendered women. Because let's say you're a, like a cisgendered woman or a sign, like I'm non-binary, but I'm assigned female at birth, right? Mm-hmm. I take birth control. I do not get a period. 
you know, or what if someone's had a hysterectomy because of cancer or someone's gone through the very normal thing of menopause. Are they no longer a woman? So I just thought it was the most, like, the biggest fallacy I had ever seen on the internet in my life. Like, I I was not only offended because of the stance it took against trans women, but also just, it also said a lot about cisgendered women too. So I was just like, this is weird for someone to say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, in feminists, I mean, the whole point of a feminist movement was to make sure that women were equal to men to be inclusive. Yes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole nature of it is inclusive. TERFs are in a very different spot. Um, TERFs are basically trans-exclusionary radical feminists who have an issue with trans people and don't necessarily want them in the movement. Um, It goes against the movement altogether. Yes, I 100% agree. How do do you feel about um, the lesbians that are like a really big part of that movement? Because there's a lot of lesbians that don't want trans women in their quote-unquote safe spaces. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that really is a, an issue. Um, the you know the women's safe spaces. Now, I I've been a member of a gym for years now. Um, I go all the time. I shower at that gym in the women's showers. I um, change at that gym. Um, you know, and I make sure that I keep my gear in the women's locker room. I've never had any situation where I have made a woman uncomfortable because, you know, I take care of my business as far as changing in the shower uh, because there's a curtain there and you can do that and you can dry off. Right. You know, I've been observant of them and tried to make them comfortable, but also I expect them to make me comfortable by allowing me to use the women's locker room instead of the men's. Um, I think the problem with the TERFs and the people that are in these... um, exclusionary ideas about trans people it's a situation where they don't necessarily want to deal with trans people they have a transphobia and i think this is just an excuse to throw this in and you know i mean some of the things that jk has talked about in a, a, a recent uh, article that she put out to clear up all this misdemeanor um all this this you know, talk about her being transphobic. Um, it really just proves she was transphobic. One of the things she brought up was, you know, a mother saying there's a gay son wanted to transition to avoid homophobia. She's worried about that. Um, you know, that's not what happens. You know, when people decide to transition, it's not because they're worried about homophobia. It's not because of anything other than that's who they are. Um, and she also brought up the number of people that have decided to detransition and she made it sound yeah, like there was I'm I noticed that that was yeah. so there was no numbers with that let me think of a good word for that disgusting to me mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well and, I, and I under I understand there's people who decide to detransition but I think that the I'd like to see actual statistics on those people who have actually like undergone, let's say like top surgery, whether it be female to male or male to female and have decided to like reverse that. Because I, I mean, I know a fair amount of trans people and I mean, yourself included. Um, 
and from my understanding the people that I've talked to whether they're female to male or male to female um, some of my very closest friends even from high school um, some of them assigned female at birth who are now you know they're men now they're trans men Um, you know they were men then they just they they were confused and they didn't know they thought maybe they were gay or this or that and they weren't sure um, are now very proud trans men and one of the things they told me and I remember in high school like these were friends of mine who struggled with suicidality, depression, self-harm, all kinds of terrible things. And then after they transitioned, those problems went away because they stopped. They realized they were in the wrong body. And when they got their top surgery, it was affirming for them. And they they didn't have those thoughts anymore. So for someone to be giving these like small examples of detransitioning i'd love to see the actual statistics on that because i don't feel like it's very common and i i I agree with you because i i've been in the trans community for years and you know i've run a trans group that was a support Mm -hmm. group for almost 20 years and um there's just not a whole lot of that going on i've known one or two people that have detransitioned and most of them when they came in i questioned whether they were trans to begin with and i think they were they had other issues and um, right. you know that's but most people go through a process they go in they go to a therapist they work through these processes to figure out who they are and if this is something they really need to do and you really have to do a lot of self-examination. Um, you don't make this decision where you wake up in the morning and go, geez, my life's boring. I think I'll shake it up today. Oh, I know what will hit it. I'm going to change my gender. That will do it. That will get it rolling. All right, let's go. And, um, you know, that just doesn't happen. These things are, most trans people examine their lives very thoroughly. They're very together people. And the reason why is because they had to figure out who they are, what they want, and how to get there at a very young age. I've always kind of said that, you know. Like when, um, remember when Caitlyn Jenner first announced that she was trans, that she was trans? And people were like, oh, she's doing it for attention, or she's doing this, or she's doing that. And my only thought was, and this has always kind of been my thought, anyone who has realized they are a woman and decides to take the steps to become more, like, aesthetically like a woman because they know they're a woman on the inside, they are walking a very hard path. And I don't care how famous you are, that is not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I mean, you know, like, I'm non-binary. So for me, like, I hide my boobs and I do these things because I'm very, like, I'm kind of in the middle but to being raised as a woman being raised to be constantly be afraid of everything or have to look a certain way or do a certain thing for someone to be like okay I'm gonna transition and be a woman because that's how I feel on the inside I'm like clapping power to you girl being a woman is hard like I love you and especially to to trans women that are just beginning their transition i'm like oh my god i just want to give you so much love because being a woman is so difficult <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's not an easy task and it's not easy to go the other way either it's it, mm-hmm. it's a profound shake up in your world and, and your entire life changes you have to go through name changes you need to go through uh physical changes you need to go through therapy it, this is not a small task and it it really does affect your your workplace your your home life and your family life and 
you know, certainly nobody does that for, you know, no reason. Um, and, um, well, you're, you're very lucky though. I think that in that, at least, at least from, um, the one daughter of yours that I met, uh, your family seems to be very supportive. They are. They're extremely, they're extremely, they both accept me, uh, for who I am. Um, they love me. They love, they, they even love the fact that I'm Miss Kitty. Um, you know, they both know <laughs> know about my BDSM life, obviously. Um, we never I put can't it on wait the for Pride or... to start again. I know Pride won't happen for a while, but um, I also didn't say we are Pride buddies. Miss yes, Kitty are. and I are, <laughs> are Pride buddies. We go to Pride together. Um, one of our, our, I think our first Pride together was, was Lake Worth Pride, where I helped yes. helped you with the, with the trans float. And yeah. You know, yeah, we that drove was a, a car, and, and you saved a lot of lives that day because you kept saying, Christ, don't hit the kids as they were jumping in front yeah. of the car grabbing Kitty, don't hit the kept, kids! Yeah, someone kept throwing beads <laughs> in front of the car, which was just, you know, it's, it, was, it was fun. But, and know, we got to God shoot God Dick Confetti. That. Dick Confetti mm-hmm. is great. Yes, you Dick know, Confetti. It's, it's like we have such good times as genderqueer people and then such difficult times as well. It's like mm-hmm. when we're together, we can be ourselves and just do whatever. And then and I, I always wonder, like, what it's like in your day to day vanilla, because I see you more in a BDSM mm-hmm. aspect. I don't see you more in a vanilla life. Like, what is it like in your day to day vanilla life as a trans woman, like just going to the grocery store? Well, it's a variety of things. It's, um, you know, usually it goes off without a hitch. Luckily, I, you know, pass pretty well and I um, don't get questioned too often. Um, plus, you know, on top of it, I, you know, kind of kind of got a sexy look to myself, you know, large boobs, it's all that good stuff. It's those fantastic boobies. Yes, everybody <laughs> sees those. So, you know, my you know purple I love hair them. and all. <laughs> so, I, you know, I stick out pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty easy to find in a crowd. So certainly I attract attention. Um, but for the most part, I treated well, but every once in a while, somebody will, you know, give me a hard time and, um, it, it can be, it can be tough. Um, you know, those days don't come along all that often, but when they do, it just brings you back to where you were at when you, you started and you, you question, you know, am I really m- making it like I think, or are people giving me a, a pass and because they want to be nice and they pity me or whatnot. Right. Um, do you ever feel like maybe speaking on that last thing you mattered that people do you ever like kind of sense transphobia or awkward encounters or do you feel pretty accepted the way you are? I am kind of lucky. I feel pretty accepted as I am, but um, it it's more of a I'll shock people when they're talking about stuff. Um, you know, I've right. had I'm I'm in um a town that's very conservative, very rich. Um, and you know, there's a lot of mag magna people out there that, uh, you run into and you know, every so often they'll, they'll bring something up about trans people or whatever. And I'll turn around and, you know, be talking to them. And then all of a sudden I'll turn around and say, have you ever, never shook the hand of a trans person? And, uh, they'll say no. And I'll shake their hand and, you know, turn around and say, well, now you have, and they'll just turn pale, you know, because they're like, oh, my God, I just I just went off about this in front of this person. Oh, my God. And I didn't know. And I'm like, yeah, we don't all look the same. We don't all look like RuPaul. We aren't, you know, it's, you know, we have lives. We have families. We have kids. We go to Disney, all that good stuff. Right. 
And, I mean, um, for you, like, you're extremely femme, but I know we talked a bit earlier about before the podcast about um, gender dysphoria and that mm-hmm. you still experience that. I know that even as a non-binary person, I experienced gender dysphoria. As someone who's been in the trans community for a long time, um, do you have, like, tips or, or ways to cope with trans uh, with for trans people or uh, non-binary people for how they can deal with trans uh, gender dysphoria? Like, what's the best yeah. way to deal with that? Well, there's a number of things you can do. I, I've, I've been dealing with pe- helping people with this for a number of years because of that group I ran, and you, you run into it all the time. I've run into it now. Right now, I'm not on hormones steadily because I got laid off at my vanilla job. And, um, you know, I'm in a situation where I don't have health care. So I get hormones here and there. And um, that's causing me gender dysphoria because I'm not I'm having some things that I'm dealing with, like, you know, some hair growing in places it shouldn't. Um, and it, it really does make me feel inadequate at times. And it makes me get very triggered because, you know, I'm I'm having to, to deal with that. And on top of it, you know, the jobs that I have, I'm a mistress and um you know do a lot of uh uh domination and bdsm stuff so i'm you know my body's on display and you know if it doesn't look right that's that's a big deal for me and my brand um you know and then you know there's also other things you can do like um i've i've told people to look back and see what you've accomplished um you know sometimes we get so focused on the moment like right now i i don't have hormones so maybe i'm stressing on that because I'm having some mill effects but if I look at this arc of where I came from to where I'm at I'm still doing really good um you know I've come a long way I'm certainly pulling it off so yeah sometimes that helps to look back and see where you came from and where you've gone um and when you are on the journey think of it more like a rest stop when you hit that that speed bump that little area where something doesn't go right you know and know that the journey is going to continue it's just this is a pause here because of situation that you're going through and you know you try to try to power through that because you know there's a there's a whole lot more to come um you know um and don't obsess on the end of the journey you know sometimes we get to the point where we figure out you know like we're non-binary or we're trans or we're uh you know, gender queer, and we feel we should be at a certain place at a certain time that, you know, this is where I need to go and it's overwhelming. Um, you know, take a look at the, the moment you're in, live in the moment a little bit and try to, um, enjoy that journey because you are growing and you are figuring out who you are as you go. And it may change. You don't know where it's going to go because we're all very different and we're all very unique. And as we grow, we learn more and we may find more out about ourselves and may end up in a different place than we expected. I know I'm in a different spot than I expected. If you'd asked me, you know, 20 years ago, would I be Miss Kitty right now? And, uh, you know, have come out and transitioned and had, you know, the, I the can't life I've even had. Ima- you know, I can't even imagine it. So don't. <laughs> I would have laughed. I would have laughed at you. I would have, I would have said, yeah, I know, right. but I've told you, I, I mean, as long as I've known you've been a woman. So for me to try, like, I've tried to picture it and I just can't. Yeah. It well, doesn't, it, com- it doesn't compute in my brain. Like, I'm like, that, no, like that, that's a woman. But I'm also, I mean, I'm also genderqueer. So that 
probably makes me more open to those things. Mm-hmm. But even as a non-binary person, like I experienced gender dysphoria um, a lot because, for instance, like I feel like people expect gen like uh, people who are non-binary or genderqueer, especially non-binary, to be um, very androgynous, mm-hmm. which is a huge fallacy because there are people who are non-binary or more femme or mask or you know somewhere in the middle or their agender you know they don't identify as either mm-hmm. um but for me like i have these huge boobs right mm-hmm. so when i'm out and about i i wear very baggy clothes but even still it's hard to hide so like i've been looking for binder recommendations mm-hmm. now do i identify as male no i don't but the thing is is that when i feel like the male gaze looking at my curves it just like makes me feel more femme than i want to feel mm-hmm. and i have a very you know me i have a very feminine face i'm very like cute so <laughs> you you do i, I mean you know i, I'll be I know You're- but i'm but I'm like, don't look look at me. (laughs) I'm like, I know I have this very like curvaceous kind of figure, but like, you know, when I'm not being a dominatrix, when I'm not in latex and leather and a corset, I'm in a baggy t-shirt and baggy sweatpants, like trying to be a gelatinous cube. So I'm I'm like, "Uh, I have no gender. Don't look at my boobs. Don't look at my butt. Don't look at my hips. Like I'm not a girl. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even in the baggiest of clothes, I get called like miss or something. One time someone called me. Thank you, sir. And I was like, ha ha, I win. Um, (laughs) Like I confused you a little, but it's not about wanting to confuse people. It's just about you know, I don't really feel strongly one way or the other unless I'm doing femdom activities. Mm-hmm. And when I'm working as a dominatrix, then I feel very femme. Mm-hmm. However, once I put on that strap on, I'm like 100% masculine. Mm-hmm. Like all the way. Because now I have a dick. And now I'm like, ha 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 ha. Yeah, but no, it, that, it's, it's wild how that happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. And it's so funny because I have a I have a similar thing going on with with the strap on thing. I love strap on play, but I don't feel masculine. I I just love the power of it. You know, I've yeah. got this boy, and I'm 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 basically making them submit to my will, and it's it gets me off. I mean, I I just love it. You know, so it, it's it, everybody has different ways they need to interact in the world. Uh, you are who you are, and you need mm-hmm. to be able to present that and you want to have the respect of people acknowledging that presence of who you are you know and whether that be a trans person or a um you know a non-binary or a genderqueer or you know anyone you want to be acknowledged for who you are and what you are and and how you feel and to be treated with respect of that and i think that's a core thing for anyone and no nobody wants to be disrespected so, you know, a lot of it is, is that you need to, you need to be able to find ways to cope with that because not everybody does that. And that's the tough part for trans and non-binary and whatnot. Um, we don't always get that, that acknowledgement that we crave right. and, and deserve uh, rightfully and, and should have. So, you know, we need to make sure that we got a support group somewhere out there. I mean, right now it's tough with COVID out, um, but they got Zoom groups for like even my group. Uh, that used to I used to run. Um, they're doing Zoom 
um, and they're meeting every Thursday, and you know, and uh, spending a couple hours talking. So, the, so people afterwards, can. I'll have to get you. Uh, I'll have to get the links from you to maybe post in the description or something. We'll that do that way. Um, that way, we can help out some people. Um, speaking of, because I know you've brought up the group a few times, and I know that you did a lot of activism. Um, do you mind talking a little bit about your your work on yeah. activism for trans people? Yeah, definitely. Um, I did a number of different things. Um, you know, the first um, thing I worked on was the um, work protections uh, in Palm Beach County. And I worked with uh, Rand Hotch and a number of other people on that. And um, I did op-eds and I did uh, interviews talking about, you know, being a trans person and wanting to be able to work and transition and be able to keep my job once I came out. Um, eventually that picked up, uh, you know, enough momentum and we passed it. Um, I also did a lot of, uh, panels and a lot of speaking. Um, I talked at colleges, um, the education that I did, I think really helped a lot. In fact, um, on the panels with Compass, I used to work with a, a gentleman named Mike Zewi and, um, he ended up, he brought Can you me just, to- uh, pause oh, and explain? Can you, sorry, can you just pause and explain what Compass is for the people that are listening that aren't in Florida? Oh, definitely. Uh, Compass is a gay, lesbian community center that has expanded to trans and bi um, people. And um, they basically run programs and they hold meetings and support groups and all kinds of different things. And they also work on um, AIDS testing and uh, help people with uh, trying to find treatments and uh, resources in the community. Um, pretty much anything you can think of, they, they do work on with the uh, LGBT community, and but they started amazing. out with the A's. They are, they are, and they throw the uh, <laughs> pride for Lake Worth every I've, year. I've gotten, I've gotten rapid tested there before. Yep, they're, the, they're the nicest people in the world. <laughs> they are. They are. They got a dedicated staff. They're beautiful. I mean, I really love the group. Um, so, yeah, they're they're fantastic. And they do a lot. And they bring a lot of different groups to uh, for support and for social activity. And um, they, they do a lot for the community. So, um, And you ran um, you ran the trans support group there for how long? Um, it was about 15 years or so. It's been around for 20 years. I've been attending it for 20 years. Uh, started as an attendee and then, uh, the person who was running it ended up, uh, pursuing a music career and I ended up taking over the group, um, a few years after I got in it and, um, I've been doing it ever since. Um, I just recently resigned from it because of, um, work conflicts, but, um, Yeah, very much. It was very much. Uh, it's still going. Um, someone else is running it now. Um, one of the members that we used to have took it over. Thank God, and uh, they're doing a wonderful job with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I know that Compass and does a lot of great work, and that you've done a lot of a lot of great work, like mm-hmm. you said, um, getting things passed legally. I know you've done interviews. I know you've gone yep. to schools, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. You've been very, very vocal about trans rights, which. I think as a trans woman, um, I mean, I can't speak to it myself, but it seems like it would be difficult because there's always that threat of, um, you know, trans women face a lot of threats of violence. So to come out and be a trans woman and say, hey, I'm a trans woman, I'm here to talk about trans 
rights is it's an extremely courageous thing it, it can be and I, you know i have had you know a few times where i you know did get into trouble where you know i did have some some uh people that wanted to harm me after after speaking out of college um but for the most part um it's really helped because it's the education has gotten out there and the the greatest compliment i ever got for doing the speaking tours i used to do because i used to go to a bunch of colleges every every quarter and you know i go all over the place in south florida and into georgia and i was in usf doing a, a talk and um i went to dinner with my my wife at the time and um the waitress came over to me and said do you do lectures at USF have you done one and I'm like yes and she goes is the women's studies and I'm like yes and uh, she says oh I, I'm so grateful I've wanted to thank you ever since you did that one I attended that and it really changed my view of trans people and now when people ask me about trans people I'm able to say yes I know one and uh, yeah. like I used to say in my talk and they're not so different from us and it's it really got a lot of change going by doing those speaking tours um we even talked to the young republicans which i wanted to kill mike zewi at the time because i he didn't tell me <laughs> until we were walking in the door and i'm like are you nuts <laughs> and and it turned out we got we got about 80% of them or 70% of them to sign up for the newsletter for compass by the time Aww. we left so we had 30% walked out they were too happy they were you know they were pretty upset that you know we showed up but Uh, it was really funny. We reached them, you know, we were able to talk to them and and that really taught me an important lesson that, you know, you need to go up and talk to people even if they're people that you may feel you don't have in your court, especially if they're not in your court, um because you may turn them and you may get them to see something they didn't know. Yeah. I always say like I I really think a lot of bigotry comes from ignorance. And especially with transphobia, like I'll ask people like Well, how many trans people do you know? And if they're, you know, this is just Twitter like bullshit, like trash fire dumpster heap. But these people don't know any trans people, and they're mm -hmm. talking out of their assholes. I I don't know a more eloquent way to say that. I, I just don't. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of it does have to do with ignorance and just not understanding what uh what being trans is. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think the more we can educate people about um, gender versus sex, uh, the better off we'll be. Mm -hmm. But I think it's going to take a little time. Like, you know, this no civil rights kind of action ever happened overnight. Women's rights didn't happen overnight. Uh, rights for black people are still not where they need to be. Um, well, we got 400 years in that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Stonewall happened how long ago, and we're still fighting. So, well, and, and relatively, if you really compare it to other movements, I mean, we're we're cruising along pretty good. And yes, we had yeah. a hell of a setback recently, but uh, you know, it's gonna get back there. Oh, uh, we should talk. Are you talking about the bill? Um, yeah, there's a number of different things. There's uh, the you know being reclassified, gender reclassified in uh, the federal government as male and female only. Um, you know, the things that Rollins is talking about, like, you know, safe spaces, um, you know, that's Ben Carson's, uh, 
you know, claim the fame, like, you know, a homeless shelter. He doesn't want to have, yeah, well, he doesn't want to have a trans woman in a woman's homeless shelter. He put them in with the men, which is inherently dangerous. I mean, the person could be abused. Um, or no, I know. I mean, I like, I'm like imagining like someone, you know, like someone I love, like you, like being forced to be in a male space. And I'm like, but, but she's a woman. Like, why would you put a woman in a man's space? Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, you know? it's, it's, it's a scary thing. I mean, you know, it's, and that's a lot of what they'll do. Same thing with prisons and things like that. If you yes. define all that, I mean, you put a, a, a woman like myself in a male prison and, um, you know, I'd rather a death sentence than that because, you know, I'm going to be very attractive and I'm going to get a lot of attention and it's going to be horrifying. Yeah. You know, you definitely will get raped. Um, you know, and I've lived through some of those things, uh, you know, with even being in a holding cell. Um, yeah. so it's, it's really scary. Um, some of these things that are being done and they're being done for the, you know, basically out of hate. I mean, it's really what yes. the basis is or fear. And, and unfortunately, you know, we need to get people to switch from coming from a, a fear, um, perspective to trying to understand and trying to talk and understand and learn about people because you, until you put yourself in their shoes, you don't really realize what they're like. And um, I think that, you know, when you do do that and if you, you know, run into someone, they give you a hard time, try to be nice. You know, I, I know it sounds weird, but if you turn around and someone makes a mistake about misgendering you and you turn around and you talk to them in a nice manner and say, hey, could you please, this is a situation I'm sure you weren't aware please you know refrain from calling me that please address me this way um and it's quite all right they may walk away and say hey wow that person was really nice they're very understanding uh, you know i really had those people wrong um if you turn around and bite their heads off then they're like yeah i knew it's one of those evil you know angry trans people or binary people and oh man they're just all he did was yell at me and i made a mistake and i didn't mean to <laughs> you know, and um, they'll walk away with a bad impression. So, right. you know, we I need still to... have a hard time actually correcting people. I mean, I only came out as non-binary last year, mm-hmm. but I still have a hard time kind of correcting people. Like, hey, I use they them pronouns, um, just because I'm so afraid of the confrontation that comes along with that conversation yeah well and and if you are afraid of it then think of it in this term um that person that just misgendered you or or misidentified you or used the wrong pronouns how many times are they going to be in your life again yeah is it really worth making a comment you know i do it because i want to um i'm in a place where i feel comfortable and i want to um try and try to get the message out that we're okay and, and try to make a positive experience for someone. But if you're not comfortable with that, just let it go. Don't don't get upset about it. And and just think about the fact that this person, you probably never see them again. Kai, I want to ask you a question kind of about the gender binary. I know that you're a woman, um, but how do you feel about the binary in general? Because for me, being non-binary, um, even questioning if perhaps I'm agender, I I don't know, or maybe gender fluid at times. Um, Like, I don't really identify either way. How do you feel about the gender binary in general? Well, I I got introduced to it 
um, accidentally uh, when I was in being trained to be a mistress. Um, uh, my my pro my mentor um, who took me under her wing and my mistress at the time was Lady P, and um, she spent a lot of time explaining what non-binary was because she was and I had to learn about it because this was someone I cared about and loved and wanted to understand um you know because we had a very close relationship as you know mistress and sub and um you know that that helped me really see things um that I never saw before and and it helped me understand gender better because it helped me understand that there's not just a couple boxes here this is a very broad spectrum and non-binary if you can understand a non-binary person i think you can understand trans people better and you can understand the idea and how big gender spectrum is it's not this small bit it's a large rainbow of choices and i think we all need to find our place on it and we need to accept that it's not necessarily an easy definition and everybody's unique and we need to respect that. Um, and also we need to understand that we're not so cut and dry. Like I'm a trans woman, but I have a lot of things that are not necessarily trans as much as non-binary, but I didn't know about it when I transitioned. I have no regrets, but I wish I'd known about that back then. It may have helped me with some of the anxiety that I had about what role I had to fill. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I tend to view gender as a spectrum, just as I view sexuality as a spectrum. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think there's kind of gray areas. There's things all in between. You know, you know, you can be. There are people who are really straight and people who are really gay. And there's people who fall somewhere in between. I kind of tend to think of gender as somewhere like that, like kind of a, mm-hmm. as a spectrum. Um, which I think more people are starting to view it that way. Um, I just want to track back a little bit because we mentioned femdom. I know I'm a dominatrix, you're a dominatrix, um, but we're both also lifestyle femdoms. So mm-hmm. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about your experiences in femdom as a trans woman. Okay. Well, you know, it's been unique. You know, it's been a, a very interesting thing. It started out um, when I was transitioning. I ended up, uh, I didn't realize, but the person that was helping me transition and helping me out a bit was actually a mistress. And she ended up introducing me to BDSM. Um, at the time, I was a woman and or becoming a woman. And I felt I needed to be in a submissive role because... I was feminine. Um, So I went along for a number of years in the the submissive role. And then I discovered I had a really serious dominant streak in me um, because my, my mistresses and I keep button heads and I I wanted to control things. Um, And I, I had trouble giving up that control. So eventually what happened was, is I met the right mistress and she was able to help mentor me and help bring out that dominant streak that she saw in me. Um, as I was at a session that she was doing one time and I all of a sudden got called in and, um, I kind of was like Morty from Rick and Morty, um, as we were doing this, (laughs) doing the thing. Um, all I did was rake someone's nipples. It was nothing fantastic. It was not this big scene, but we had this big 
round th- um, kind of rack that would spin. So I was spinning the rack, and when they came around, I'd rake their nipples. And I was giddy as a schoolgirl during all this. And when I got done, we 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 got done, and I I told uh, you know my mistress at the time, I'm like, I'll be out front. I'll just be out there if you need me again. No problem. Uh, go ahead. I'll be right here. I'm 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 I'm, I'm your girl. I'm ready. <laughs> You know, sort of like Morty would be, right? You know, and Rick and Morty. And uh, she's like, yeah, I know where you are. Yes, I get it. And uh, it, it was funny. We went on for a while doing demos and different things. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, I had a scene with someone and I was on top. And she turned around and said, you know, it, I said, we need to talk afterwards because I had this dominant side to me. And she goes, I, yeah, I know. And I, I can't believe it took so long to have this all finally click in. <laughs> So, you know, it's been an interesting journey because I started as a submissive. I became a dominant. Um, Being trans, um, sometimes you feel like you're like an object because people want to like cross that off their bucket list. Um, yeah. You know, I've got, you know, oh, trans person. It's like all of a sudden, you, say, you know, some people are like, oh, you got a, you got a penis. Ooh, um, not too crazy about that. And then there's other people who are like, you got a penis? Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, they're and, like boobs and penis dream. Yes. And it's like, that's everything I want. Uh, so, I know, mean, I can't, I can't say that I haven't had that thought. I don't mean to fetishize people, but mm-hmm. like. I don't really like cis men mm-hmm. at all unless I'm like trampling them or something. Mm-hmm. But like if someone with a penis had titties, that might make a difference for me. But I'm also pan romantic. So yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't really care what someone's genitals are, to be honest. Like, yeah. Well the rapping I mean, is you... the important thing, right? It's the it's the person. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, the wrapping's kind of nice. I don't consider the genitals part of the wrapping. That's kind of like under the wrapping. But like, you know, like, you know, if you look out, I've had many instances, like you look at someone on the outside, I learned they were a trans woman, went right over my head. But I'm, I guess I'm unique in that way where I'm like, okay, you tell me you're a woman, you're a woman. And then I never forget it. Someone mm-hmm. tells me they go by he, him. I never forget it. But mm-hmm. I mean, that could be that I'm non-binary. And so um, there are certain understandings where I understand that kind of. Well, and I'm lucky. I mean, we've I've been around people like you. Um, and there's been groups that we've been around that you and I both are part of that are just yes. extraordinarily accepting women. And they are they're all about building each other up they're they're yeah. not catty we're they're very not, fortunate yeah i mean and and you know me being trans and being in those circles i was accepted greatly and um i'm actually i mean i think you know i have some you know mutual respect for those people and they have it for me and it's a beautiful thing um you know and then there's other times where i've had groups that um you know, couldn't have trans people as part of the group. And, you know, mm. I went along with that acceptance for so long. I got used to it. It just became normal. And it was one I of those didn't. things. <laughs> well, yeah, but it just was one of those things where I we didn't think about names, it. We won't name names, but I did not join such organization because of that reason. Okay. But... <laughs> well, when I didn't get to go into that, that organization, I was, I was, very much triggered by all that um yeah you know i brought i got brought back to the first years of me you know coming out at at 
you know, as a as a young man uh, becoming a trans woman. And it really brought me back to those moments where, you know, I was scared and I was very much felt inadequate and mm. um, like I hadn't come so far all of a sudden. And um, it was really rough. Um, now, the group that we're talking about did a lot of really cool things, like give me a personal phone call and explain why it all happened which a lot of it is just organization old stuff like like i had with um now when we were trying to change their charter rules um it takes it takes a quorum it takes a meeting it takes a convention to get those things done and it's i it's know but tough. you're not gonna convince me i'm sorry <laughs> no 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 i understand but i i just I, like I you'll said, never convince me that their actions are okay no no no, like, no. i'm not just... i'm not trying to but i i do have to say i do with, with all that being said since then um the people that have taken that that group and the people that were in that group they have gone through a number of things to be more inclusive and they're now down to there's one event i can't go to so you know they've come a long way and they've done a lot of good things and what's holding them up is the organization not not the people and sometimes you gotta you gotta see that for what it is you know um but you know it there are times where you do feel that way You, you know there's times where i've had you know people that are not into trans which i totally respect but it's tough when you watch, you know, your friends doing a scene that you would normally be involved in, um, you yeah. know, one of those really crazy, heavy impact scenes that I love, and uh, that all, we love. <laughs> yeah, they're they're fun, and um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're you're not in there because of who you are, and it's it's nothing personal because it's somebody's preference, but it does it does kind of get to you um, a little yeah. bit. You know, and I think we all go through those moments where, you know, well, because they're not seeing you as a woman. They're seeing you as a, as just transgender. Yeah. And, and it, it makes it worse when you, you know, it's, you know, I mean, BDSM, I, I know some people, they, they look at that and they think about sex and stuff, but BDSM is not about sex. <laughs> and, right. you know, my well, genitals not, really don't factor into anything Not for a lot of us. Like for me, it isn't for you. It isn't for some people. It is yeah. sexually involved. Um, but that's a whole other topic we could do a whole other interview on is bdsm and sex and what's the difference and when do they interlace and when do they not and yeah that's, that's a two-part that, series probably at very <laughs> that's, least that's a, that's a long talk um but you know i i know that like we've been to a lot of femdom events together and fortunately like our our kind of club is is very inclusive which i which i love Um, because, you know, I'm not always like hyper femme, like sometimes I show up in a latex dress and sexy and femme and this and that. And sometimes I show up in pants and a leather vest and they're still like, okay, you're good. Like Mm -hmm. you identify as kind of female. That's fine. Like I don't even necessarily identify as a woman, but sometimes femme, like when I'm in my Mm -hmm. femdom mode, I identify as femme and that's good enough for them. They don't care. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're I think fortunate and I don't know if that's common because I haven't been around other spaces in like eight years since living down here where we are um but you know it does make me think sometimes like I know a lot of trans women that are in the business you know they do uh pornography or they do fetish work 
Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier, like when you started out, you started off submissive. I actually started off submissive as well, not because I felt submissive, but because I was learning and the master that was teaching me was mm-hmm. teaching me that, you know, I, I should go through the things that I'm going to do to other people, which I still, which is very kind of old fashioned, but mm-hmm. I do agree with. Um, I come from however, that thought too. <laughs> right. However, I have noticed, uh, particularly in pornography, that a lot of the times with trans women in pornography, they're put in a submissive role. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I've noticed that changing. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed, I've also noticed, I don't know how much of you keep track of pornography, but I've noticed a lot, a huge change in having trans women and cis women in lesbian pornography. Yes. Which I love. I love that too. I I think, you know, it's kind of funny because, and this is probably another show for, for us as well. Uh, I know. <laughs> the roles of being a dominant and being sexy and being a little bit tantalizing versus, you know, being the standard, you know, the standard femdom that's, you know, really strict. There's so many different ways of doing it. Um, you know, I, I'm funny. I, I giggle and laugh with people while I beat them sometimes. Right. And people sit right. there and scratch their head going, what the hell's happening here? <laughs> you know, um, I did that one time at a, a, a dungeon where this woman and I, we, we knew that was the way we're going to play. And we ended up, I'd hit her in the thighs. Be like, you know, one thing that we never do is we, you know, we really don't use the thighs much. I'd hit her and she'd be like laughing and, and in pain and agony because I just hit her with a paddle in the thigh. But she, you know, she was laughing a bit going, you're right. They just never do that. Oh my God, that hurt. <laughs> but, you know, and she's laughing about it. And, and, you know, I've got some of my friends sitting there going, what is happening here? This is not, well, why are they laughing? <laughs> you know, she should be. Because I, you're evil. Yeah. Like and, and that's me. I, I giggle, you know, and it's so funny because I, you know, I'm into the Jessica Rabbit look and things like that. And, and I use yeah. my body and my, my scenes a bit be, to distract the person a bit and, and take them somewhere. Um, but, you know, it, they never actually get at it. But it's like, like, for example, I had a, a, um, a little person one time that we did a, a scene with and, um, He's actually a slave I own. And it was so funny. Every time he'd see my my breasts, he would be totally fine. And I'd have a baseball bat and I was hitting him in the penis Mm -hmm. with it. And he would feel it. Because your breasts are fantastic. The minute I pulled the breasts (laughs) away, it was ow, ow, ow. (laughs) Yeah, because men are all like, you give them a little bit of sexiness and then you hit them. And then you're just like, but look, boobs. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and, and boobs are always, you know, gay, even gay guys. I mean, boobs. Oh wow! <laughs> everyone loves, everyone loves titties. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just a it's just a fact. But that's what I mean. Is you, you there's so many ways of doing it. Now there's other other mistresses out there and and femdoms out there that would abhor doing that that way. And and that's fine. It's it's there are a number of ways of doing it. You can be, um, kind of a mixture out there and that's the beauty of BDSM is you you can take a different take on it and you can do different stuff and is it the way to do it? I don't know I, I've kind of found out that I don't really care I what don't people think, think there's a specific way to do it I mean honestly like I'm very teasing with my clients and I have clients that do extremely heavy impact um, you know I'll be hitting them with a bullwhip and then I'll touch them light with my hands on mm-hmm. their thighs and kind of like whisper in their ear and then I'll go right back to beating them. So mm-hmm. 
you know, some people just need that little bit of like sexiness to get back into the mindset of, oh yeah, this is why I'm letting this woman beat the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) because she's hot. Yeah. Okay. That back to that, back to that, you know, so in terms of professional BDSM, I think it works well. Some people, that's a whole other thing we could talk about within the lifestyle versus professional BDSM mm-hmm. and how people feel about it and how you act when you're dominant and that and that. We could do a whole episode on female dominance, probably multiple parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but before all that, so I have one last thing I want to get to before we start to wrap up, which is... Um, how can trans and non-binary people help keep each other safe and help help each other feel validated? How can trans and non-binary people work together since mm-hmm. now we fall under this same umbrella, which I think is correct and I mm-hmm. agree with um, because we're all genderqueer. Um, how can we work together to help each other? Okay. Well, I think there are a couple of different things. Um, you know, if you've got a chance to educate people, that's always a good thing. Um, you know, I, I think it's important to make sure people know who you are and what you're what you're going through, um, so they understand you better and show there's not so much of a difference between the two of you in life necessarily. It's just it's just that you're you know a little different. Uh, and different yeah. is great. It's diversity. And, and you know, turn that into a positive versus a negative. Um, I think also, um, you know, we need to be able to support each other. You know, we need to we need to be good and we need to make sure that, like, for example, you know, when I meet a non-binary person, you know, I need to respect who they are, what pronouns they want, ask them that. Um, I think if you ask that, you gain a lot of respect with a non-binary person because they realize that I you feel, care. I feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm incorrect, but I think a lot of transgender feel, people feel that way. Because mm-hmm. if you're not sure of someone's pronouns and you ask, hey, what pronouns do you prefer? I don't think any person who's trans or non-binary will be offended. They'll probably actually be really grateful that you asked. Yes. Do you and think I, that that's pretty much true across the board? Because I do. Very much. In fact, um, yeah. I, I, I actually worked with a group that was uh, doing bone marrow uh, donors. And um, they wanted to reach out to the LGBT community. And one of the things is, is I talked to them about the trans um, how to approach someone when, with pronouns. And that was exactly how I framed it was the way you, you framed it. And, um, it's worked very well for them, um, because it, it does make the person feel safe, make them feel respected. And, and that's the, the key, right? You know, we want to make sure that people feel safe and protected. Um, you know, also too, when, you know, things come up where there's any kind of an issue out there that's, you know, political or whatnot, uh, where rights are involved, um, or um, respect of people is involved, go ahead and call your representative. You know, go find the, that representative and give them a call. It takes five minutes. And, um, you know, stand up for that stuff. Because if you're not vocal, these people will do what they want. They're politicians. Yeah. And the thing they're doing is they're looking to see if they're going to lose votes if they do something. So that's how they dictate everything. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure they know there's a vote there that they're going to lose and um it's important for them to go ahead and um you know address that issue and and you know maybe vote a certain way um 
you know, so there's a lot of things we can do. Um, you know, definitely if you have a support group that's trans, let non-binary in um, and vice versa. It, it's, it's a good thing to have that diversity there. They have takes on things that are truly good uh, insight for a trans person. Um, you know, some of the things I've learned from non-binary people really helped me with my transition um, and helped me yeah. understand myself better and um, where some things were coming from. Um, cause back when I transitioned, there wasn't non-binary. That wasn't a thing. Right. Um, you know, they didn't have a term for it. Now they do, thank God. And all of a sudden I'm realizing, oh, wow, I've got things I've experienced that are in this realm of non-binary and I'm glad I have people here to talk about it and I can figure out how that, how that works with my transition and me being trans. Um, it's, you know, and it's beneficial for the non-binary person to talk about their issues and, and get some feedback yeah. from us. Um, you know, we have a lot to share. I definitely agree. I mean, there's been times when I've reached out to non-binary people, but there's also been times where I've reached out to transgender people. Like we talked about uh, earlier, we talked about like breast binding. And I actually reached out to a couple of male to female friends of mine about binding, um, you know, because I was like, well, I need something that I'm very curvaceous. I don't want the armholes to be this and that, like even simple things like, and, um, you know, being non-binary and then dealing with gender dysphoria, I wasn't sure if that was a thing. And I had trans friends who were like, of course that's a thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay i wasn't sure if it was like valid because i'm not transgender well, but it, like it can go on for years too i mean it's not like it's something that yeah. happens and then you get you figure it out and it goes away i mean find me a trans woman that's feminine enough or a trans male that feels masculine enough you probably won't because we always in the back of our heads we're our own worst critics you know um right. you know non-binary people are in the same boat we're always our own worst critics so you know, we, we, we do get triggered by things. And, you know, even the ones that look like they got it all together. I mean, a lot of people would be surprised to hear that you know, I'm triggered by things right now and I'm going through some gender dysphoria. Um, they're like, but you've been right. out and for 20 like years. Super, and you're super duper femme. And... But I have my moments and we all do. Yeah. It's everybody goes through these things. Everybody has those moments. And that's the thing with gender dysphoria. It's a real thing. Yeah. And it's it's a really harmful thing, which I touched on briefly in my last podcast, but like gender dysphoria, I mean, it can cause addictions and eating disorders and, mm -hmm. you know, depersonalization, depression. I mean, we have a lot of young trans people who commit suicide. I mean, it's, it's a 48% rate, I mean, which is yeah. tragic. I mean, you look at cis people, um, you know, they're 5%. We're at 48. Yeah. And then there's also the issue of, like, um, transgendered people and their safety, um, especially by or, uh, indigenous people of color who are transgendered. Mm -hmm. um, you know, their percentage of being hurt violently is statistically even much higher than white transgendered people. So. Yeah there's there's so much that we could talk about and touch on and well and it all dovetails uh, <laughs> really because if you think about it black yeah. lives matter i mean i'm i'm for that you know and the reason why is because there are black trans people and you know their lives matter um and you know and they're at such a high risk compared to most people and usually you know just and like some of these other ones they don't people. get a they don't even get an investigation 
No, I mean, there's been stories lately of, like, black trans women just, like, disappearing and, like, nothing's being done about it. Yeah, there was one uh, just last year where, you know, the Orlando police just did not want to deal with it. And um, they never, never did a major investigation. There was five women that just, you know, ended up murdered. Um, they were missing yeah. and then got murdered. And they, they misgendered them and everything in the press. It was ridiculous. I just can't even, like, I can't even process that, honestly. Like, it's so disturbing to me. I, yeah. I'm i not but, crying, but I might be a little bit. It's just... But, I guess, but those, well, are, those are women you know, of color, the, too. You know, you know, on the inside, I'm like a squishy marshmallow. Like, on the outside, I'm a terrible, horrible sadist. But on the yeah. inside, I'm like, I'm like this squishy little marshmallow, so... Well, you know, um, you know, sadists are good people too. You know, it's <laughs> I know we're mean, but we're we're good people too. I'm consensually sadistic. Exactly. So yeah, but I mean, there's there's definitely a lot out there where all this dovetails in. You know, the rights of one group always get built on the back of the other group, and you have to be for justice. And when you see something wrong, like John U- Lewis used to say. Um, you cause some trouble and you, you stand up and um, you fix it because it's wrong. You got to stand up and do it. And that's yeah. why John Lewis stood up for LGBT rights. Um, that's why he did a sit in on the floor of the Congress at one point or the Senate because he wanted to be able to vote on a LGBT rights bill, which uh, eventually they wouldn't include trans and then they walked away from it because it was wrong. Um, but there's a black man who is standing up for us. Um, you know, it all dovetails together because if we aren't all equal and we don't have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, then we're not getting what's supposed to be happening in the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. And you can't have that without, you know, without liberty and equality. Yeah, 100%. Well, in saying that, is there um, anything else you think we didn't touch on that you want to touch on in this episode since we're... I'm reaching that time. I think I think we're there. Um, but yeah, definitely, I would I would love to come back and talk again on any any topics that I you'd like. You and too. I but really you know appreciate I you, being so. here. This has been a, this has been exciting for me. I was I was so I was so like fangirling when you asked me to come on, and um, I just I really appreciate this. This is fantastic, and um, I'll you definitely promote this you. in my. Yeah, well, I I love you too, and I will definitely promote this uh, through Twitter and whatnot. And um, I'm excited that you're doing this. This is going to really help a lot of people, and it's going to be some good topics and good so. discussion. I hope some more people will listen and learn some stuff about you know LGBTQ and BDSM and how they all interact and you know politics and all that all that good stuff you know i love to talk about so yes yes um hopefully it'll it'll end up being something cool but i really appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience with everybody you know i know a lot about it but i think that um you have a very unique experience that's um very important to share so well thank you so much for having me and i am excited that you're getting all this good information out to people and I, I really hope this is a great success and wish you all the luck and anytime you need me to help I'm I'm around so 
let me know. I'll definitely come on. All right. Love you, Miss Kitty. Love you, too. And talk to you soon, Bobby. All right. Bye-bye. This was Queer Riot. Thank you for listening.